Great. Well, again, a warm welcome. It's a, it's a Saturday night in Catrum. Where better could we be than in the new Oakwood Church building here at 181 Children Road? So glad you can be a part of our opening week. Now, some of us have been to every night this week. Some of us might be here for the first time. Some of us might have popped in for a tea and a coffee and a cake through the last few days. Let me just give you a bit of orientation. My name is Andy. There's a team of us who lead together here, and I'm just one of that team. Andy is my name. And uh, I'll be just kind of leading us through this evening. We're going to be um, at 9 o'clock, wrapping up and then enjoying our teas and coffees and cakes and things again. In between now and 9 o'clock, we're going to take an interval and have some time to chat around our tables and perhaps um, bounce off each other, the ideas that we've heard Charlie and Katerina um, sharing with us. There'll be an opportunity at that point also to pop in a question or two for them to answer in the second half. So that's the shape of the next um, hour and 25 minutes as we come round to 9 o'clock. A break in the middle and then... Um, well, hearing their story in the first half, then questions and other elements in the second. So, warm welcome. Just so that you know how things work here, if there was any need to leave in an emergency, we've got the, uh, the fire exits all marked with these green signs and white arrows. You know how they, those work. Just uh, head out if there was any alarm where to go. Um, there's... Um, there's the facilities, the toilets are right behind me here. So you can go out of here and turn left or out of this door and turn right and you'll find the gents over here and the ladies here. And there's an accessible toilet just around the corner here, just beyond um, the bar, just beyond the place where we were serving coffee. And uh, so if, you, if that's more useful, then you can use that too. So again, I think that's all the practical things we need to know about how the building works. You know, this week is really the culmination of many years of people dreaming and working and praying towards a new home for Oak Hall Church. Some people have been surprised to hear that Oak Hall Church has been in this town for 125 years, been tucked in the back street off of Westway and just growing year after year. And well, these last number of years, we've been looking for the right site for the new home for Oak Hall Church. And you're here in this week as we celebrate opening up this new building. And we don't want to share it with you just these next couple of days, but uh, we want to share it with you on into the years ahead. And we're looking forward to all kinds of events and adventures and things shared together uh, here in the new Oak Hall Church building. So a very warm welcome to everyone. Through this week, we've been hearing in the evenings stories of different people. Some have traveled a long way to be here. Some have come from closer by. And tonight we're going to meet, well, a very precious couple um, called Charlie and Katrina. And uh, I think the best way to welcome them in is to give them a big uh, round of applause. Should we do that and invite them to join us? Great. Oh, well, do take a seat. And uh, we're so glad that you can uh, be with us this evening. This is a, a precious moment, really, to hear your story together. And we want to do it in a kind of conversation style. So maybe just as we begin, um, could you tell us 
Um, how far have you had to travel uh, tonight to be here? Uh, about three miles. Three we're miles? Just, yeah, we're down in Purley. It's a long, long way. <laughs> took a bit of time. And thank you for making the journey. Well, and you are a part of this church family, and uh, some of us have known you for a little while, but many of us don't know uh, your story. So thank you so much for uh, sharing, us, sharing it with us uh, tonight. When did you uh, first uh, meet each other? When did you first see each other? Charlie? It would have been 1999. Really? We both were working firm of estate agents in Knightsbridge. Yes. W-A-L-S. And uh, yes, we were both working there. I think you started beginning of 2000? I started in 2000. Yes. yes. Um, uh, I think April. 2000. Yeah. And I started September yeah. 99, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I joined the firm as a, um, as a floating secretary. Not, <laughs> not the nicest term. Um, but it was essentially in estate agents and they had sales lettings, valuations, all kinds of things. And um, so the idea was that if a secretary was on holiday or absent for any reason, I would sort of slot into that department. Yeah. And so on about day three that I was there, um, I went into Charlie's department, the house department. Right. So here she is, and uh, the floating secretary has flown in to your <laughs> office. <Yes. laughs> and, uh, and you've seen her for the first time, Charlie. Um, did, did, was there any uh, any kind of... A response? Absolutely sort of gobsmacked, beautiful lady, comes in, thought, got to say something. So I think I grabbed an umbrella and went over and sort of offered her an umbrella. It was raining outside. Are you going out for lunch? If Here's an umbrella, you know, good an excuse to go and say hello, really. You've always been a gentleman, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, well. And uh, so... So there we are. We can see you now. You're just meeting in the office. You're handing the umbrella. It's a beautiful image. Third day and uh, of your working there. And Charlie's pretty amazed at, at seeing you. So, to rewind a few years, um, Katerina, we're sitting um, in, a, in a church building. And, if, and, and had you had any kind of connection with Christian things as you were growing up? Um, yeah, so... My parents are from Scotland. I was born in Yorkshire, and we moved down to Sandstead, uh, Croydon, when I was about five years old, and we started going to Montpelier Church down there. So mum and dad were already firm Christians, um, and they brought myself, my older sister, my older brother, and my younger sister, and we started attending Montpelier. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was very much brought up in a Christian home. Yes. And so that meant that, what did that mean? I mean, did you, were you hearing Bible stories as a child? Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we have, um, sort of Sunday school, yes. you know, where you'd have different teachers telling you, you know, David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, the parables. Yeah. All about it. And, and I knew the answer to every question. Huh. It's always God. Okay. <laughs> just, just in case you want. Always God. <laughs> wow. You, so then I understand that, that, that a, uh, a kind of preacher man turned up in our city, you know, up, uh, turned up in, in London in 1989. Who was that and what, what happened there? Um, so Billy Graham came to Crystal Palace and um, as a church we they took different groups up and so I went up with um, one of my friends at the time, I was about 15, um, and we went up and they, they, he, he was chatting to us about Jesus and then said, if anybody feels the call to become a Christian, 
please come forward. And they had lots of people there ready to chat to you and help you make the commitment. So I went forward then um, with my friend Claire and and we gave our life to Jesus. Wow. How interesting that having grown up in a listening to Bible stories and knowing all the answers, that somehow at that time in 1989, you heard this person inviting you to respond to God's call, that you should step up and, and connect with this girl Claire. And, and how did that, how did that affect you? What, do you remember, what do you remember from that night? I think, um, it was, it was a big impact. It sort of suddenly went from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Mm. Um, and as a teenager, it, it really did help me a lot. Mm. Um, and I would pray and I mean, I read back, I found some diaries a few years back and I couldn't actually believe how much how sort of enlightened I was as a teenager because it all went out the door. Um, but it, it did. Suddenly the Bible story sort of started to make sense. Yeah. So now we forward wind again to 2000, 11 years later. Where, what has happened to that vibrant walk with God that was initiated there um, in Crystal Palace? Um, so at that point, over those years, as you said, it's quite a long period of time Mm. um starting off strong and just very gradually very slowly just kind of drifting away Mm. um meeting different people different christians who maybe acted a way i didn't expect them to act and thought oh well you know that's okay they act like that so that behavior is acceptable and i wouldn't have ever said i don't believe in god i never i wasn't i didn't wasn't a rebel I didn't sort of go, no, I've had enough of this. I don't, I don't want to believe in God anymore. I still would have told you I believed in God and I believed in Jesus, that he died for me. Um, but if you saw how I acted, I, I think most people would have been like, that's quite interesting. Mm. So I'd, I'd gone a long way. Yes. Yeah, a long so way away. You describe it as a kind of gentle drift. and drift. All very subtle. Yes. Yes. So yeah. you, you almost like you don't know. A bit like eating. You know, you eat, and it's only a chocolate bar at a time, but, but suddenly you've gained quite a little bit more weight than you, than you realize. <laughs> Cat, yeah. So, well, so we're back in 2000 now, and uh, how would you describe yourself in that context as you're in that uh, first job, wasn't it, for you? Yeah, well, it's my first big job. Um, I'd actually been, I'd worked abroad um, and um, in Greece, and I'd gone to Barbados and I did a water sports course there. I was very much trying to find myself. After GCSEs, I just left school. I did a secretarial um, course, which was very useful. And this got me access to these different jobs. Um, and then when I got to WLS, I, I got there. It was, full, it was a very vibrant office. There were lots of young people all around the same age. Because um, when I first started, I was very much the youngest person. And so suddenly, sort of, you know, as I'd gone on in my working career, I was now with a bunch of people like Charlie who were all about the same age as me. Mm. Um, so we all started to enjoy ourselves. We'd all go out together. We'd go out at lunchtimes. We'd go out after work. It was a lot of friends. Um, so it, it felt good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks, Kat. Well, Charlie, let's rewind for you. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, where, did, where were you growing up? So we, we grew up all over the place, I suppose. Um, Hampshire is probably the nearest thing to home, but Dad was in the army. 
And so we moved around a lot. I think when I was three, six months old, we moved to Germany. We were there for, I obviously don't remember that, but we were there for a couple of years. Uh, came back, uh, moved around to different army bases. He did some tours in Northern Ireland. Uh, we didn't obviously go to Northern Ireland. but um, So there's a lot of dotting around here, there, and everywhere, but Hampshire is probably the closest, the, 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 the longest time we, yeah. we, we spent in any one place. And your dad came to Caterham at one point? Yes, he was based in Caterham. Yeah. In the, in the, uh, he was in the Guards Regiment, so I think yes. they were the, based there for a while. So Great. I was quite excited when we were moving down this way. Yeah, lovely, lovely. And, and then when you, then Hampshire, was that where you grew up into a teenager? What happened next? So uh, that was sort of base camp, if you like. But I spent, because um, he was in the army, the government helps with schooling. And so I spent 10 years at boarding school. Mm. Uh, so uh, I was away from home a lot. Mm. Um, and uh, yes, so we were, we were there. Yes. And how about as far as Christian things are concerned? At the time, I would have said I believed in God. Uh, we, I, I spent 10 years of going to church every day at school because um, that, that, that was the way they did it. I mean, yeah. the uh, second school I went to was an old abbey, and we had the most beautiful building there. Uh, but it was sort of going through the motions. We were made to go, and I suppose... At the time, if someone said, were you a Christian, I'd, I, I would have said yes, but it was, it was simply, well, I believe in God, but it literally went no further than that. Yeah. I didn't change my lifestyle at all. Yeah. I lived life how I, how I wanted to live. Yes, yes. Well, so did you two kind of just start going out straight away, or, or what happened to, uh, to that friendship? There's you, uh, Charlie's blown away. And uh, so what happened next, Kat? Well, we, as I mentioned, we all went out as a group yeah. a lot together. Yeah. Um, I was enjoying a lot of attention from different people, um, including Charlie. And um, so for, for about two years, we were just, we kind of knew each other. We were friends. We, you know, mm. chat when we were out and things like that. But, but that, was, that was as far as it went. Yeah. And then... I was working in the surveying department at the time, and I got a phone call, internal phone call from Charlie. I knew the extension number. I was like, hello, what do you want? <laughs> and, um, and, and he asked me out. And he was very, very clever about this, because he obviously didn't want to freak me out by asking me directly. And he said, oh, oh, you know, I had asked out somebody else, um, but, <laughs> but, but they can't make it. <laughs> so, back up. Um, you know, maybe he asked out another five girls, but I don't know. Um, and he's like, you know, but I, I've got the table booked, G Fancy going, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Charlie quickly hung up. And, um, <laughs> And then I sort of turned to Cliff, I was working with, and I was like, I think Charlie's just asked me out. And I was very much like, oh, what are we going to talk about? I was just yeah. like, you know, we've been in a social situation before, but I just thought, oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about with him. Yeah. yeah. And, and on that event, that was just what happened? You... It was a really, really fun night. Yeah. Um, we went out after work, so we didn't dress up. It wasn't like a proper date. We just yeah. were like, oh. How are you doing? You know, yeah, let, yeah, let's go. You know, we'll go out here, and 
we, we went for a few drinks and then we went to Sophie's Steakhouse and it was the first time I'd had a really good steak. So most of the evening was taken up with my talking about how amazing the steak was. Um, <laughs> Broadened kept, horizons. Kept, yeah, yeah. Kept, yeah, kept interrupting Charlie. He'd be chatting about his life and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this steak is amazing. <laughs> so, um, and then I think at that point, he did tell me as the evening went on, and he said, I really like you. And I was like, yes, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not interested. So, and that was that. Huh. Cut him down. Charlie, how did you survive? So what happened? So how did things finally start rolling? Well, I, between? I think I got the message by that point, yeah. having tried a few times and got nowhere, and it was very much shut down. So we carried on being friends for a long time, and we just sort of went on like that. Lots of, I mean, it, it was a huge drinking culture, in, in the property industry back then. Um, and so there's just lots and lots of opportunities to go out, get drunk, uh, all on company expenses or socially with separately. And we just, we were just enjoying ourselves really. Mm. Mm. Um, I just think, I think especially after I'd said to Charlie, I just want to be friends. I then felt very safe because I was like, this guy knows exactly what's going on. If we, go for a meal, if we do something together, he knows there's no problem. And I was like, oh, that's lovely, it's Charlie. He's just my mate now. Yeah. So I think my guard went down. <laughs> and then, some 29th of October, 2002, something changed. So I got qualified as a Chartered Fair, and I wanted to celebrate. We were good friends, so I said, let's, let's go out. Uh, very much as friends and went out for a few drinks first I think went out for a pizza and and I think I then said oh you were going home so I said I'll walk you back to Victoria Station yeah and it was night time but here's a here is where's where's this Charlie Eaton Square wow okay oh. and as you pass through Eaton Square some you kind of shifted from being just mates to some kind of Romantic connection. Yes, well, I, over pizza, I think Charlie again sort of said, oh, I really like you. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> And then I just thought, and, he, and then I was going to say something to him, and he sort of stopped me. He said, you're going to say I'm a really nice guy, aren't you? And I was like, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. But I, I kind of had a, a light bulb moment, and having been out with quite a few not-so-nice guys, I was kind of like, well, why, why can't I have a nice guy? Why shouldn't I have a nice guy? Charlie's here. He's very nice. We get on really well. And so this was going on in my head, but I didn't say anything at the time. And we, he offered to walk me home and, or offered to walk me um, back to Victoria. We didn't, leave, we didn't live in Eaton Square. I just want to. And Eaton Square was on the way back to Victoria. So we walked through there. And, um, and I thought, I, I, I'm going to have to make the move because this guy just thinks there's no chance here. So I, I sort of did a quick manoeuvre and, and sort of jumped in front of him. And, um, and, and I, I gave him a kiss. Wow, Kat, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, you know, fast forward for us a year from this day. And actually, if I remember rightly, you're back in this square 
and you've almost done yeah. the same program as you did a year before. Um, you're kind of celebrating. Yes. But what happens this time as you come through the square? Well, we re- recreated the night, <laughs> uh, anniversary, if you like. Uh, we've gone out for the for the cocktails. We've gone gone for for dinner together, and I'm well. We're walking back to Victoria through Eaton Square. Katrina said, "Should we just get a taxi?" It's like, no, uh-huh. we're walking. <laughs> Yeah, so we're walking through Eaton Square, and I sort of, oh, is this the spot that we first kissed? And oh, I think it's about here, and got down on one knee and produced, and, well, and then asked you to, to marry me. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. So one year, a lot has changed. Yeah. I remember we were chatting about this, and you described your connection as like being two peas in a pod. It was just beautiful. Yeah. So now, you've been going out for a year, you're now engaged, and uh, what date did you set for your, for your wedding? <laughs> same day to you. The same day, day did yeah. you get married in Eaton Square? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But that year, there was, it sounds, was there, how was that year? Just in a few words. Very stressful. Mm-mm. Yeah. Why is that? When we, we, we jumped on the bandwagon of like, Big wedding. Yes. Got to have everything. Everything must be perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and it just took over completely. Mm. There was no more sort of just friendly times. It felt like every time we were seeing each other, we were talking about something about the wedding, money about the wedding, you know. and The invitations, the who's going to come. Yeah, it was just... And boring. yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Charlie comes from quite a well-to-do background. And, um, and so he had his... You know, his family were kind of very much like, we need all of these people coming. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. And how about spiritually? What is going on with you, Kat? Um, not a lot, really. Uh, yeah. I was kind of, I'd, I'd had like the year of being going out with Charlie before the engagement, just really happy to have met somebody who was just a really good friend. Yeah. Um, and I thought, this is right. Um, and then it kind of got all caught up with the wedding. But I, did, I do remember before the wedding, I met up with somebody I'd worked in Greece with who was a Christian, um, my friend Debbie. And we went out for a meal. And she's chatting to me about Charlie. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited and getting married and all this. And she's like, oh, so, you know, when did Charlie become a Christian? And I was like, uh, um, <laughs> don't, don't know that Charlie's Christian. And she's like, you, what, what are you doing? You know, how can you be somebody who's not Christian? I'm like, well, excuse me, but the people I've been out with who are Christians are far worse. And Charlie's a really good, kind man. And you are a very good, kind man. And, um, but it, it put a kind of seed of doubt in my mind. And I was like, oh, you know, am I doing the right thing? And um, I met Charlie in the morning. And um, I said to him, I'm, I don't know if we can get married because you're not a Christian. And at which point, Charlie, I think, was slightly offended and was like, I believe in God. And I was like... Good enough. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> yeah. I think I was more than slightly offended at the time, but. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So end of 2004, you got married, and uh, you're now trying to work out life together. And uh, I remember you saying, Kat, that you married the man you loved. And uh, so you had your honeymoon, you moved to Tooting, you moved to Fulham. Um, but then as you move into kind of the next year, the f- kind of first year of marriage, how did... What was going on in, in, your, in your emotions at that point? But let's ask Charlie, maybe. 
Yeah. That's what was going on in my mind, <laughs> Charlie. Yeah. No, in your in your yeah. story, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, I I think for me, it, I was just sort of riding the wave, yeah. going on with it. We got moved into a, a, a new place together. We got married. We'd been on a lovely honeymoon. We were working together, and I think that started to the problems started to snowball because we were we were both working at the same place, uh, seeing a huge amount of each other. You get home, you wouldn't necessarily have much to talk about because you'd spent all day together, um, so you wouldn't exactly ha- talk about talk about your day. And uh, but I, I was sort of blissfully just carrying on, quite happy, doing my own thing, oblivious to. I think probably the turmoil that was that was going on. Mm. And Kat, how would you describe it? Your, your, how you were doing that year? I was bored. Mm. Um, I think having watched many lovely romantic comedy where everything ends up beautifully, and but it never shows you afterwards. That's always like the beginning. So we'd, we'd had our romantic comedy and our wedding and everything, and I'm like, what now? Mm. And as Charlie said, we were working together, but then they put us into different departments because they were like, we don't want a married couple in the same department. It's a good idea. Um, so I was put into a very small department with just a couple of other people. Mm. And, um, and I was being paid very, very well to do very, very little. So I'd get into the office, and by 9.05, I was kind of like, oh, it's not time to go home yet. Mm. And um, I had it down to an art, though. You know, you just walk around the office with a piece of paper, <laughs> and nobody asks you to do anything. It's like, I'm really busy, really busy with a piece of paper. And I, I went to several job interviews. I thought, this isn't good. I need, to, I need more brain stimulation. I need something in my life. And, um, but I went for the interviews, and they all wanted to pay me a lot less money, but to do a lot more work. So that didn't work in my brain. I was like, mm. no, you want me to do more work? I need more money. Um, so I was, I was kind of a bit trapped, really, and 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 bored. Mm. So it's not a good combination. And 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 what happened at that point? At that point, the department I was in, there was myself, um, the director, and then two other people, a girl and a boy. And myself and the boy Oliver were left to our own devices for much of it. And we struck up a great friendship, and I would chat to him about how bored I was and things like this. And um, he kind of became my confidant, and then he became more than my confidant. Mm. Um, And I started a relationship with him, Mm. which is something I never thought I would do. Mm. Um, Yeah, so, and as Charlie says, he was very much kind of like, we're just getting on with life. Life is not perfect. Grumpy little wife. But, you know, that's, that's mm. life, you know. Mm. We're married now, and that's how it is. Mm. So, but I was much more kind of like, no. Um, I think I said to you when we were chatting last week, very much this kind of pursuit of happiness. Mm. Must be happy, and I'm not going to settle for less than that. Mm. Mm. And, Charlie, you, you, were you seeing that something was wrong, or...? Uh, yes, I, the, the, there were obviously good days, bad days. Um, things weren't perfect, but I suppose I was, I was of the uh, sort of the viewpoint that we were married and things would just carry on, and mm. and so I wasn't doing anything to really change the situation. It's just good days, bad days, and oh, 
she's not in a great mood today. And mm. I just sort of didn't really do anything about it. We just sort of carried on down the path mm. without really thinking, look, there's a problem here. I need to do something about it. We need to do something about it. I just, we just drifted, drifted mm. along, I suppose. And there was a, uh, there was a reason, you had a reason to think that, you know, there was something wrong, but it, you had a, you had a, your own solution as to what that might be. Mm. Yeah. Try and sort it out for ourselves. Well, I suppose yeah. I wasn't sorting it out for myself there. That's a problem. Yeah. But at this stage, I was, I was pregnant. Yes. So we'd had sort of our first year <clears throat> of marriage and I was kind of like, we're done wedding, what next? Yes. Children. So, so we were pregnant. So I think a lot of my grumpiness and attitude and things like that, Charlie put down to the fact that I was pregnant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I see. Yes. And so now you're carrying Charlie's baby, you're in love with, or you're having a relationship with somebody else, Charlie doesn't know what's, what's going on, and uh, so how, what, how, was, how was that period? Honestly? Yeah. Exciting? Yeah. Um, it's sneaking around, and, and again, it's something, you know, I mean, I remember saying when I was very young, I remember actually saying to somebody when I'd heard somebody else had had an affair and I just thought, I would never do that. You know, you, you sort out the problem before you go on and kind of taught me to be careful about what I say I never will do. Um, but it was, yes, it was just a lot of sneaking around and, and it's funny how the guilt kind of sort of subsides a bit more and, and the longer things go on, the more you just kind of let it ride, really. Um, but yes, it was a sad time. Mm. So now you're getting towards the end of the year and uh, um, a beautiful baby is going to be born. When, when was little baby born, Charlie? So Lily, was Lily was born 29th September 2006. Yes. And difficult birth. Uh, so that, yeah, so we had a pretty traumatic time through that. And then we get home with her. You know, you get, you get that sort of, I'm sure lots of parents have had the same experience. You get home, you close the door, and you think, on earth do we do now? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was obviously a very emotional time. Uh, and I, any, any sort of issues we had had, I'd very much put down to the pregnancy, to the difficult birth. Mm. But, but things were obviously not mm. great. But I think I was very much pushing that to one side and thinking, it's just, it's just what's gone on. Mm. There's nothing else deeper that, that's, that's an issue here. Mm. And so, when did you find out, Charlie? So Lily would have been, what, three months? Three months old? Two, mm. three months old? And I came home, and you told me, didn't you? you said, yes, I, I just... I was very scared about telling him. And initially, I just said I wanted to separate... And I didn't mention having had an affair. Um, and so I think you kind of felt like, you know, we should try a bit more and things like this. And um, and then I think about probably a month after that, I just thought, no, I owe it to Charlie to tell him the truth. Because mm. he's thinking maybe there's a chance here where I was like, there's no chance. You know, I want to be with this other person. I, I, I don't want to be with Charlie. Mm. Um, and also part of me thinking, you know, I've got this little baby it'd be better if we're going to separate, it'd be better to separate now when she's never going to know any different mm. than to kind of carry on and 
um, with that. So yes, told you, told you probably just about before Christmas, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Charlie, what, how did how did you feel? I think we could guess, but I think a sort of knock for six. And I, I think at first I couldn't quite comprehend what was going on. And the first, I think my first thought was, no, don't go. But I didn't quite know how on earth we would then take it forward. Yeah. I, was, I think it was just shell shocked as to what had gone on, really. Yes, yes, and and. Do you remember any of the things that, that Charlie said to you as you separated? Charlie was actually, I was sort of amazed by his graciousness. I'd, um, I had a friend who'd been divorced, um, and her husband at the time had been very quite violent towards her and things like this. And, and so she sort of said to me, you know, when you tell Charlie, you know, make sure somebody's around and kind of knows. And I think she thought Charlie would do something dreadful. Um, and Charlie was very sweet. And I remember him coming home one night and... Um, Lily was sleeping, and he he apologised to me, and it just incredibly gracious, and just sort of said, and and incredibly mature in that he's like, well, you might have done that, but things obviously weren't right between us if you went off and did that, mm. and I just I remember being quite sort of staggered by the fact he could be like that. Mm. Unfortunately, it didn't change my mind, but you know. I do remember him being very gracious. And how did you... Uh, was that a, a, a sense that lasted for a long time? Or? No, I, th- I think initially it was probably born out of not wanting you to take Lily away. Because then what happens further down the line? Does, is, you know, lose the relationship with you? Do I then completely lose relationship with Lily as well? So um, everything was sort of completely falling apart. But you then moved home uh, and and I remember very quickly having then separated, I moved in with my sister and uh, the whiskey bottle came out the anger, yeah I was very angry so, but it, it yeah, mm. it took it was, it was very quick going from no, don't go to, to flipping it on its head I suppose so your heart was kind of angry, yep. you were drinking a lot, mm. anything else that you were feeling as a, in, that, in that situation? I, no, how I did, think... How did you feel towards Katerina? I think the hate, the hate just set in. Yeah, yeah. Raw hate. Yeah. 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 And how about you, Kat? Like, what was going on in, in your heart as you kind of head back home, tell your mum and dad about what's happened? It... <laughs> Having gone from the very exciting and the silliness of sneaking around, suddenly everything was very real. Everybody knew. Everybody had something to say. Mm. Um, I had friends really angry with me, not for what I'd done, but for not telling them about it. Mm. And, I mean, my whole attitude at that time, you know, you can look back and see it, I was just so selfish. Um, but, yeah, I felt how selfish of them to see that this is, you know, this is my problem. This is not why, what are they making it about them for? Mm. Um, and I, I went home and I was living with mum and dad with Lily. And I, I'm quite frankly, I just got quite depressed. Mm, really? So did, don't realise it at the time. I didn't, I couldn't, I, you know, I was, I was bitter and I was, I was angry. I wasn't, I didn't hate Charlie. Um, but just very sort of very dark thoughts, very negative, and, and yes, everything was about me. 
Mm. And and I, I couldn't have but I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't couldn't have told you that at the time. Mm. You, did you see each other at all, Charlie? Yeah, we saw each other a lot in the sense that uh, most weekends, Friday nights, we'd uh, do a swap over. I'd get Lily, having been working at the week, have her for the weekend, come back Sunday night. So I think you'd usually come up up on the train to Victoria. I'd collect her. I had a company car at the time because I used it for work. So I'd drive to Victoria, pick Lily up. You'd go back on the train. I'd go yeah. um, go home, and then and then I'd drive her back on a on a sun, Sunday night, mm. and. And I, and I suppose, ultimately, through the years ahead, we didn't necessarily want to see each other, perhaps, but, but we did because, because of Lily. So mm. we kept, kept in regular, regular touch just, just through that. Mm. Mm. I think if we, if we had just been the two of us without Lily, that would have been the end of the story. Mm. wouldn't have gone any further. Mm. And then you... Cat, you had lived kind of cocooned by your parents and you you kind of decided to get up and go and kind of get some place but what happened as you moved into that place oh that was fantastic mm. I, I only how moved, long later was that it was about a year and a half yeah and i think i just appreciated i become very much not only just completely selfish in myself i'd also become a teenager having moved back home again and, I mean, mum is wonderful, and she did the washing, she did the cooking, she did everything. I had nothing to do. So, again, I, I'm back in this kind of stage of being bored. And, 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 I, and then I get angry with my parents and, you know, just vent at, at them. And I just thought, I need to get out, I need to get my own place, and, and I did. Um, you know, I had a bit of, of money from when Charlie and I had separated, and so I used that, and I, I just rented a place just literally a couple of streets away from mum and dad. And it was fantastic, because it was a sort of, I had to do my washing up. It's like, if I don't do the washing up, there will be no clean cutlery. Mm-hmm. This, this is important. This is something for me to focus on. And I think that was it. I was very unfocused. There was just, you know, even with having Lily, I just, I needed the simple day-to-day things. And whilst I'd kept this relationship kind of going on, um, very much, I think, more me putting all the effort into it. As soon as I moved into this place, um, it was like I became myself again, and, and it was like, what are you doing? And, and, and so I ended that relationship within about a month of moving into my own place. And then Lily and I had this fantastic sort of year and a half in this flat together. Mm. And I just, just loved being with Lily. And I think it was only a couple of weeks after I broke up, broke the relationship off. Um, is this okay to talk about this? Mm, yeah. And, um, and it was a Sunday morning and I had Lily, which is quite unusual because Charlie did have her for most weekends. And I sort of, we were up early because babies get up early. And yeah. I thought, oh, what should we do? You know, it's six o'clock on Sunday morning. I'm like, hmm, we could, we could go along to mum and dad's church. You know, my old church. And I was like, everybody there is really nice and they'd like to see Lily. And, and so I went along, and I sat down quite near the back, and, and I'd seen some old familiar faces and said hello, and everybody's nice. And, um, and I sat down, and then the first song started. And a lot of realization. Um, when you've done, or when I, you know, I found from my experience, having done things that were really totally unforgivable and hurting people that way 
I've very much hardened myself. I've become quite hard um, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not taking judgment off anybody. How dare they? You know, I can do what I want. It's my life. I can do what they, I want. And so I sat down, a very hard, angry young lady, or a bit older, and, um, and the first song started, and everybody stands up for it, and it started, and I can't tell you what the song was. And I just burst into tears, because it was like I could see Jesus standing before me. <laughs> and, um, he saw everything. You know, he... He sees the things I wouldn't even tell anybody. And he said to me, he didn't speak to me, this is, this is my imagery in my head, but it's like, I see you, Katrina. I see every part of you. And I love you. And I died for you. Would you please come back to me? And we can start sorting out this mess. Mm. And so I quickly ran away. So I was like, whoa, 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 no, no, I, there's no way I deserve this. And I sort of had a good cry. But I came back into the church, and that was just the sort of very beginning of rebuilding my relationship with Jesus. Mm. And I can tell you straight away, I felt better. Mm. And I wasn't so hard. Mm. And I had a good cry about all the really stupid things I'd done. I, I think I'd probably even apologise to you at that stage. Although there was no, like, Charlie and I would never get back together. No, that was dead. Um, but I was able to actually own the things I'd done mm. rather than trying to blame other things, other people, circumstances, job, money, whatever. I was like, I did that. I need to take responsibility for it. I need to say I'm sorry to Charlie. I need to say I'm sorry to Jesus. Um, and... And it was glorious. It really was. Now, what an amazing, what an amazing way of putting it that you felt that that Jesus could see all that was broken, all that was wrong, all that was stained, and now, and yet, at the same time as realizing He can see all of that, you realize His love is even over, able to overcome and bring forgiveness. That's amazing. You know, we've got a bit of a, a star here. Um, she's called Amy Ledger. And uh, she's going to sing us a song, so we'll just take a let's let's enjoy listening to this song. It's a it's a it's a song about romantic love. It's a song about it's a song about relationship restored. It's a song about being um, brought home. Amy, thank you so much. to sing this song um, just to say that um, our break for this evening isn't in the middle it's kind of well part way through uh, more than halfway so here is the song Take Me Home by, by Jess Glynn consumed by all this hurt If you ask me, don't know where to start Anger, love, confusion, roads are going nowhere I know there's somewhere better cause you always take me there Came to you with a broken faith Gave me more than a hand 
had to hold Caught before I hit the ground Tell me I'm safe, you've got me now Would you take the wheel If I lose control If I'm lying here Or will you take me home Could you take care Of a broken soul Or will you hold me now Or will you take me Will you take me home? Or will you take me home? Or will you take me home? Or will you take me home? Wrapped up, so consumed by all this hurt. If you ask me, don't know where to start. Every minute gets easier the more you talk to me. Rationalize my darkest thoughts, yeah, yeah, set them free. Came to you with a broken faith, gave me more than a hand to hold. Caught before I hit the ground, tell me I'm safe, you've got me now. Would you take the wheel if I lose control? If I'm lying here, or will you take me home? Could you take care of a broken soul? Or will you hold me now? Or will you take me home? 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 You say space will make it better and time will make it heal. I won't be lost forever and soon I wouldn't feel like I'm home. You say space will make it better and time will make it heal I won't be lost forever soon I wouldn't feel like I'm haunted You say space will make it better and time will make it heal Amy, Amy Ledger. If we if we play our cards right, we might hear another song from uh, Amy before the end of the evening. But thank you both so much for your openness and your honesty and telling us this very personal, radical story uh, of brokenness to love is the way we've been talking about it. And you've just brought us, Kat, to the point of 
well, experiencing this overwhelming love that turns everything upside down, that draws you into an embrace, one that you know you don't deserve, and it is because of what Jesus has done. So, Charlie, what's been going on for you over this time? I suppose I've been back on the party scene. I've been enjoying myself. I'd, if asked, I suppose I'd probably still answer the same way. I believe in God, but that's literally as far as it, as it went. Um, I had no, no sort of true faith in that sense. Um, it certainly didn't affect how I lived. I lived how I wanted to live. Uh, and, and, and did whatever I wanted, really, I suppose. Mm. Mm. And you're seeing Cat every now and then mm-hmm. as you swap um, the little one. Cat, you're living in this, in this flat. Now, Charlie, from what your, your kind of angle, what, what happened next? What went on next? Well, I suppose the years, the years are drifting on. Yes. And the hate is subsiding and yes. drifting into the background. And can't stay angry with me. No. <laughs> and dare I say it, we're almost drifting towards being friends again. We're seeing each other still regularly because of dropping off, picking up Lily. And uh, we're maybe doing a bit more together. Uh, I started going down for the old Wednesday night to have supper uh, so I could see Lily a bit more. And there's a, there's a thawing, definitely. Uh, we, I can't remember if we, we talked about it together, but certainly there were questions asked, do you think you'd ever, no way, never get back together with her. But, as I say, it's, it's, getting, it's getting easier to see each other, and time is just sort of pushing it into the background. Yeah. And... And so how did that reconnection, at least on a romantic level, happen? Well, I think after I came back to Jesus and he was helping me to just be so much happier person, just much more positive, I just wanted to share his love. And we just, we were friends. And initially I was like, I don't want anybody in my life in a, in a romantic way. I thought, we've got beautiful little Lily, who is just a joy, um, and she still is. And I just thought, what happens to her if I go and get remarried, and Charlie gets remarried, and then I have more children, and Charlie has more children, and then Lily, you know, what happens to her? So I decided, nope, that is not for me. Just no more romance, no more anything, just me and Jesus and Lily, and that is that's fine. And, and that went on for a couple of years. I was very happy with that. Charlie and I's relationship was, was really good as a friendship. I valued his friendship so much. I loved that we got on so well. We, we went on holidays together with Lily. Um, and that came about, that's an odd thing to say. It should be like, well, how? But I booked up holiday and then was kind of like, what am I doing? I'm going to Mallorca with my daughter by myself. This is nuts. Um, and I'd be like, oh, Charlie, you, you happen to be free, you know. I, um, a bit like him asking me on the day. I'm like, I've got a spare ticket to go to Mallorca. <laughs> Everyone else, you know, Charlie, no. tried that trick <laughs> a few years it before. It worked, so I thought I'd go with yeah. that. So we, we had these holidays just very much, you know, completely non-romantic, um, just sort of helping each other out, almost to have a holiday, but without having, yeah. you know, and, and so 
I could have a bit of time on the beach whilst he looked after Lily, then he could have a bit of time on the sea whilst I looked after Lily. You know, it was it was, it was a friendship. It was a real friendship. And practical, I suppose. And very practical, yeah. very practical. And then October 2011, don't think it was the 29th. It was not the 29th. No. <laughs> Move past the 29th uh-huh. of October. Um, yeah, so I, I had just, I think, more of a thawing in myself again of, of, of actually thinking, do you know what, I've had great time just myself but I would like somebody in my life um, and I thought but I want somebody who loves Lily as much as I do and I was like well there's only one person who loves Lily as much as I do and, and in a human capacity and that's Charlie and I was kind of like mm, you know and um, so I phoned him up and I asked him out and I said, do you want... And it was a bit of an odd one because he actually had Lily that weekend. It would have made a lot more sense when I had Lily because my parent, I was living with my parents again and they could have looked after Lily, but he had Lily. And I said, would you like to go out on Saturday night? And he's like, okay. You know, just thinking, yeah, we've had dinner a few times, okay. And, and he agreed. And, um, and so I hung up the phone. And then I quickly texted him and I said, I was asking you on a date. Sort of dot, dot, dot. And, he, and I was like, are you sure? You, is that okay? And he was like, yes. <laughs> I think he probably, if Cliff had been there, he'd probably been like, Cliff, I think Katrina's just asked me on a date. <laughs> um, so, yes, so we went on a date. Yeah. And Charlie, your thoughts about marriage or anything like that? I was adamant that we would never get married. Um, I, I suppose at that point I was very sceptical of, I've, I've told myself time and time again that we'd never get back together. So I suppose the the invite slightly caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. So, But I, I went along quite hesitantly. And I suppose it just went from there. We just started to see a bit more of each other. Uh, but we were so ultra-cautious because... It's one thing for us to get back together, but this is affects Lily as well. We don't want to get back together and then split up. That's going to affect her in a pretty bad way. So we were so careful, so cautious, that we didn't sort of put our heart into it, and it mm. just wasn't working. Mm. Um, so I think you called me, spoke to me. Do you know, we're going to take a break yep. right there and leave it on a cliffhanger <laughs> and uh, we want to hear more and uh, so we're going to take a, a, a short break now for 10 minutes and uh, there's some beautiful refreshments for us the music's going to come back on and uh, we're going to after these 10 minutes just hear a little bit more of their story and the big element that has changed uh, everything later in Charlie's life too so let's take a break for 10 minutes now you know, as we uh, take our seats again, um, just to say there's been an enormous team working behind the scenes to make tonight happen, whether it's those with the lights or on the sound desk, these amazing canapes we've been eating tonight. There's going to be people washing up late and pre- who they've been preparing through the afternoon to make all of this for us too. I think as we take a seat, we should give a big round of applause to them. Should we do that? Yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate that. 
Now, it might be that somebody has just slipped in during the interval and you're wondering what this is about. Well, let me tell you, we've been hearing really quite a heartbreaking story um, of a couple who fell in love in the office. Um, real wonderful romance began, then uh, engagement, then marriage, but then this awful situation where one has deserted the other and the relationship uh, becomes broken. There's a little child now and uh, where there had been love actually one was saying it replaced by hate. But as those years had gone on there was a divorce but then we've been slowly hearing that they've, they've begun to reconnect and just before we took our break we were hearing Charlie saying never never to be married again but he and Kat have somehow romantically connected so there's the summary of these last few minutes but so what changed Charlie why did you uh, why did you start thinking about marriage again uh, well we we'd started seeing each other very cautiously as I said and but so cautiously that it really wasn't working uh, I think you then rang me up and said look this isn't going to happen this, this, and that was it called it off that was the end of it and I think it was the next day we then texted or spoke and I think you said it first you said this feels all wrong I don't want to do this and I was sort of so relieved as in I, I don't want to be split up with yes you. yes Yes. So we thought, actually, we do want to have a go at, at, at making this work. It is important to both of us. Uh, and you came up with a brilliant idea. Well, I just, funny, I literally, so it was Sunday night, I broke it off with Charlie. Monday morning, I called him, I said, doesn't feel right. I, I think we should be together. Both of us were like, no idea how to do that. Um, I went, dropped Lily at school chatting to one of the mums who happened to be the wife of one of the workers at Christchurch in Purley and was like, oh, you should do our marriage course. So I was like, oh, okay, starting in a couple of weeks. I'm like, Charlie, what do you think? Charlie was like, okay, what have we got to lose? Um, and so we, we did the marriage, sort of six-week marriage course at Christchurch. Wow, wow. And that, how did that change things in your mind, Charlie? Well, it, it was a huge help to us because it covered every topic you could possibly need in terms of relationships, communication, finances. And we went through all these things one-on-one -on -one with each other. Um, probably the best one for us was dealing with past hurts and being able to do that in a constructive way that we didn't fall out with each other again and, and actually find a way to to move forward from that rock. I think up to that point we've done a certain amount of bury it in a box and forget about it. We are both very good at avoiding conflict and obviously when you've, when you've gone through something like that you, you can't just let it fester. You, you've, got to, you've got to deal with it. Yes, yes. Wow. And you are now part of Oak Hall Church, Kat, and we uh, as a team heard a, you say and you said you wanted to marry this guy, this guy Charlie and... Uh, we, uh, that's how we ended up meeting, meeting Charlie. I remember the day, Charlie, actually, and we, I was there with my friend Dave, our friend Dave, and we'd uh, pop round to see you, and uh, um, 
talking to you about Christian things, and it's very clear that whilst you had a respect for those things, you you didn't feel that you had any kind of uh, living relationship with God in the way that Katrina did. And you very generously agreed uh, that, that to come and meet me for a, a few occasions in various corners of, of town to read through um, something that took us through Luke's gospel. And uh, what did we do after that, Charlie, after we went through Luke's gospel? Well, I think you were rather hoping yeah. six weeks and I'd see the light and <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, but luckily... I said, well, let's carry on meeting up. I'm interested, but it's, it's not perhaps for me yet, or I don't understand enough, but I, I want to know more. Yeah. But no, I'm not there. Yeah. 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 And then, so I remember asking you about responding, you know, uh, at the end of that uh, six-week course. And then we, as you say, you said something like, but I'd be up for a meeting some more. No, but I'll be up for a meeting. And then the, we read some various books and I think I asked you again at some point there. But then we said, actually, look, if we really want to get our heads around what this is about, then we should read the Bible together. And uh, again, we, we'd already read Summers, we'd read Luke. And so we started reading together, didn't we? Mm. And uh, for months and months, actually, we, we met. And uh, I, remember, I remember thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Charlie again. You know, Charlie, there's a God who loves you. Jesus has died for you, and he waits with arms open, as Katrina had described. And uh, so I was, I was actually, I was praying for Charlie and, and asking God that Charlie would say, yes, you know, yes, I want to follow, follow God. I want to experience that washing, that forgiveness that comes because Jesus has died for me. So we met for breakfast, as now was our habit, and uh, I said, Charlie, you know, how about it? It's now about the third time. And, and Charlie said, similar kind of thing. Up for still meeting, but to be honest, uh, no, not at this point. And I remember I, I drew something on a, on a serviette. I, I drew a, a line on a serviette, something like this. And uh, this, this and, I, and I said, well, look, you know, I think all of us kind of live by our own power, you know, leaning on our ourselves. But but actually, we're invited into a relationship with God that isn't by our own power. It's by, it's by God's intervention. It's by his kindness, his loving kindness. And uh, I said, look, Charlie, where would you say you are at the moment? And, uh, and he kind of indicated on the serviette with the kind of leaking pen ink. Uh, over here, to be honest, Andy, at the moment. And I said, well, look, I, I pray that, that one day, one day you'll say that... Uh, find yourself in this place and you'll kind of look over your shoulder and realize that you've crossed some kind of line where now you're not living by your own power but you're living as a, a man who's experienced well a, a rescue from from God and uh, we, I decided I wasn't going to ask you that anymore Charlie that that kind of question but you, you're now married. You, you got married then, mm -hmm. and uh, um, and your story continued to unfold. But what what was different now um, about your about your marriage from the last time? I think we were a lot stronger, better than we were before. But I was obviously still on a journey myself, um, exploring the Bible with you, with uh, just soaking up all this information for, for me it has been a long long journey 
of I want to know more. Mm. I want to see... I want to test the theory. I want to find out the historicity of it. I want proof. Mm. So I was... I suppose I was getting more and more keen. Mm. But but I, I wanted the facts. Mm. So it was sort of... I was, I was sort of building, I suppose, on a trajectory. Mm. But it took me quite a long time to... Just to sort of ease into it, if you like. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I think a number of us here might be at that point, you know, where we think, well, is there any evidence for this? How can I know this is true? Um, what is it all about? There, there's, some, there's some postcards on our tables that say Christianity Explored. It's a brilliant course. And uh, it's similar to the one that Charlie and I did together, sitting in various cafes for those first six weeks. And that there is an invitation to you, actually, to invite you to come on a course like that. Some of us have done it a couple of times. Some of us have done it five times. Some of us haven't done it. And it's a great opportunity to start um, thinking uh, about these things. But Charlie, if you were to look back over your shoulder now, (laughs) where would you say you are? Well, very much believing, trusting, loving Jesus as as my saviour. Yeah. Um, And it has... It's, it's wonderful to look back on it now. At the time, I was I was, I was partially blind to it, but but I, I I suppose I needed to go through that that process, um, and it has changed my whole outlook on life. And, mm. and 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 we are a better, stronger couple for it, mm. having gone through it. You wouldn't want anyone else to to go through the heartache that we went through, mm. but. I wouldn't change it because we're so much better for having got to where we are now. Mm, mm, that's an amazing thing to say. Well, thank you both so much. You know, we could, uh, we'd love to keep talking for, um, and in fact, we can, you know. So if this evening you want to just hear more of their story, talk to them more deeply, I know that Charlie and Kat would be um, very up for, for doing that. But here we've got a couple whose, well, whose lives have been, have been transformed. One uh, in a kind of dramatic moment as she realized just how immense her brokenness was, but then how incredibly immense the love of God is that would send Jesus to, to die in her place. And then another, uh, Charlie, who over a long period has weighed up, explored, tested um, these things and realized that this is that it is true that there is a God who is there, who loves us, that it has come in the person of Jesus to draw people even like me and them into relationship with himself, not based on their goodness, but based on the generosity and kindness and love of a God who would come among us um, to die in our place in the person of Jesus. We're going to stay here and listen as Amy sings another song to us. And... Uh, uh, this song, well, it's a beautiful song that uh, that's it's it's become very famous. Made by, uh, written by Adele. Adele's a pretty good singer, not quite as good as Amy. And uh, this this song it says to to make you feel my love is is the song, and it's got beautiful words in it. The last song spoke of of a broken soul being mended, and this song speaks of. Well, it speaks of a love that would go round the world, a love that is shown in action, a love to draw a person and close. It's a, it's a beautiful song. So, Amy, thank you so much for, for singing for us.
glowing in your face And there's no one there to dry your face I could offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love When the evening shadows and the stars appear You know, in a, in a few years' time, we'll be able to uh, say we heard her first at Oak Hall Church here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Amy, for that beautiful uh, music this evening. It's really been something very special indeed. Well, I just want to kind of wrap up, really. I want to read you, uh, read you a verse from the Bible and, uh, and just think about it for a few moments as we close uh, our evening. We were talking and we were sitting with Charlie at a cafe, red serviette, the ink splodging, and we were asking ourselves perhaps, am I living by my own power or am I living as a person in that relationship with God by his generous, kind love? I wonder where you'd put the cross, you know, on that serviette. Would you say, I'm over here, kind of living 
living by my own power, on my own rules, my own terms? Or would you say perhaps you're a person who is living, having experienced that washing, liberating love of the God who comes in the person of Jesus? Perhaps you're a person who looks over your shoulder and says, you know, I remember or I realize now that I'm a person who is living in relationship with God, not because of good things I've done, but because of of his rescue for me. You know, I wonder what that line would look like if we were to kind of zoom in on it and look closely. You see, the divide actually between those who are walking because of their own goodness and their own power or those who've had an experienced an intervention of God, well, it's a big gap actually. It's a gap that is impassable. We can't actually cross over that enormous uh, canyon. You know, I'm so aware of my own heart, the, the wrongness that stains it, that separates me from a God who is there, a God who is good, a God who is clean. But the reason that you, if you keep coming along to Oak Hall Church events, the reason that you'll keep hearing about Jesus is because we've become convinced that Jesus is the one who puts his hands across that gap. The one who died in our place to make it possible for a person to go from that place of being aware of their wrongness, their stained heart, their guilt, to coming into a place of relationship with God, connection with him. There's a beautiful verse. I read it this week with a man sitting on a, on a train, actually. And it's from Isaiah, and it's verses uh, chapter 53 and verse 5. And this speaks of an incredible swap that takes place. It speaks of Jesus. It says this, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. You know, I was on a train and we were heading south. I was coming home to my fay uh, on Tuesday. And two of us, we were strangers to start with, but we were reading this together now as we sat on that train. And we were seeing how it speaks of one who was pierced. It's speaking about Jesus. Why was he pierced? He was pierced because of our wrongness, our transgressions. He was crushed, it says, because of the, our iniquities. He was punished. This punishment was on him. Why? To bring us peace. He was wounded so that we could be healed. It's speaking about an exchange, a swap. It's saying that, yes, we're wrong, we're broken, we're distant. But that God has come in the person of Jesus. And he's come. And he was broken on a cross. And he died on a cross. 
so that you and me and Charlie and Katrina could receive forgiveness, could receive peace, could receive healing. And tonight in this story that's unfolded, we've heard about that on two individual levels, how their lives have been changed by meeting this Jesus who died in their place, the one who took their place, the one who was punished so that they could receive forgiveness. But we've also heard about how it's transformed their relationship. He is now the center. Jesus is the center of who they are and the center of their marriage and has brought a healing and a restoration and a peace where that should be impossible. That poem continues and it says this, we all like sheep have gone astray. I don't know if you're aware of it. But actually, all of us are far from this God who is there, who loves us, who calls us into relationship with him. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What a passage to finish our evening with. There is a great divide between us and the God who is there. And we can't cross it. But he has come to us in the person of Jesus to reach towards us, to invite us into relationship with him. Where are you standing? Is it by your own power, your own goodness? Or is it by the grace of the one who has died for us? Died for you. You know, there's a uh, there's a postcard on your table, and it says thoughts question mark. And there's some pens there. And we want to keep on putting on events like this. And if you would like to just grab a postcard and grab a pen, you might want to put a note there, um, and you might want to let, send a message to Charlie and Cat to thank them um, for what they've said this evening, or to uh, say thank you to those who've prepared this uh, amazing food and put on uh, this event for us tonight. So do pull out a pen. Everyone pa- pass those round and uh, start scrawling on those. Um, but also... Some of us who are here for the first time might want to say, look, actually, I want to keep in touch. Um, you, thanks for the uh, advert in the paper or for the friend who invited me or for the note through the door. But uh, I want to keep in touch and I want to leave my name and my email or my phone number. You can just put that down uh, on the card. And there's a little post box as you leave and you can stick it in there. And we'll, the team here will make sure that we stay connected and tell you about the next events that are coming up. You can always say, I don't want any more news. That's fine. And we'll stop sending. But as long as you do, uh, we'll keep in touch. But there's also a box there that says, I want to keep exploring. And you might want to put a tick there. Because you've seen the Christianity Explored postcard. And uh, you've heard something of, of their story tonight. Katerina's and Charlie's. And you want to explore these things. Well, put a little tick in that third box. And um, with your name and your number above. And we'll... Not only keep you um, connected, but make sure you know about the next Christianity Explored event that is coming up. Finally, some of us here tonight might be saying, look, to be honest, I get it. 
I realize that I'm far from the God who is clean and good. And yet I needn't be. Because Jesus has died so that I could be forgiven and cleaned and set free. And look, count me in. I want to follow this Jesus. And if tonight you're a person who's saying, look, I want to follow this Jesus, then please put a tick there in that fourth box where it says new start. And we will just give you a buzz and maybe invite you for a coffee. We can sit and help to pass you some things that will help you as you begin this walk with the God who loves you. The God who's come in the person of Jesus to draw you into relationship with him. So tick that fourth box if that's you. If I could just say also, and we have here um, a bookstore. And this bookstore has a number of excellent books. They're just, uh, they're just really being sold for the price of the paper they're printed on. And there's three in my hands here. One is called Essentials, the Heart of the Christian Faith. That's one pound. Another is called This Way to Life, Discovering Life to the Full. That's one pound too. And then there's another, if you're like Charlie and thinking, I just want to know the evidence for these things. What historical basis is there, for example, for the resurrection of Jesus? Well, your verdict on the empty tomb, it's two pounds. And again, it helps you to think about those big questions. This isn't a faith that is a leap in the dark, but it's based on evidence. And you can explore that evidence as you take some of these books and think more about these things. Well, thank you so much for being a part of our Oak Hall Church story, joining us here in this uh, first week of really properly being open. We continue in the morning, actually, just crash here if you want to. Uh, 11 o'clock, we press on. Uh, we might talk all night. Uh, and uh, But 11 o'clock, we've got Justin Reese Larkham sharing something of, of his story. And, uh, and again, refreshments and all sorts. But we're going to close our evening. And tonight, we're going to just something a little different, perhaps for some of us. We're going to close by praying. And praying is something that perhaps some of us do very naturally. And some of us, we've never done that before. It's really just speaking and believing that there's a God who is there who listens. Some people close their eyes when they pray or some people with their hands. You don't have to do either of those things. Put your hands together or close your eyes, but you can if you want to. But we're going to just say thank you to the God who is there, who loves us and has come in the person of Jesus to rescue even us. Father God, thank you for this evening that we've shared. Thank you for the deep honesty of Charlie and Katrina. We recognize how broken and horrific so many moments of that story were and their generosity in reliving that this evening. But we thank you that they wanted to share that story because they wanted our eyes to turn to the one who is the rescuer, Jesus, who came to die to take away the brokenness and draw us into the greatest love, a love that brings a revolution, the love of yours, the embrace of a Father God who would come to die for us so that we could be forgiven. We thank you for this evening we've shared. And if tonight some of us are saying for the first time, 
that we want to follow Jesus, please draw us close to you. We want to say sorry for the wrong things we've done. Thank you for your generous love. Please forgive us. Please teach us to walk with you as our king and rescuer. Amen. Well, do come and talk to Charlie and Katrina. Talk to friends you've come with. Come and chat to me if you'd like to. Leave some marks on those postcards and pop them in the, in the box as you go. The music's going to come back on again. Do chat to Amy and thank her for her wonderful music tonight. And thank you so much for being a part of this evening that we've shared together. Thank you.